Welcome back to another episode of Tube Talk presented by VidIQ. I am your host, Viper, the man about tech, executive producer of social media here at the IQ. And you know what? Over my six plus years of being a content creator, I've heard a lot of myths and misconceptions about what it's like to be a YouTuber and trying to grow a YouTube channel and things that creators think that are happening that are in actuality aren't happening, et cetera, et cetera. So on this particular podcast, so on this podcast, I thought we would take a little time to bust somebody YouTube myth. And actually, this comes directly from one of our blog posts that we did last week. Actually, it was a couple of weeks ago. It's called 12 YouTube Myths That Distract You From Getting More Views. So let's get right into the myth busting and start off with number one. The first myth says longer YouTube videos rank higher than shorter ones. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if any of you all have opened the YouTube app recently, but when I open my YouTube app, I am inundated with YouTube short after YouTube short after YouTube short. YouTube is heavily pushing shorts, and shorts do show up in search. They do rank for search. Even, even on Google search, your YouTube shorts show up in Google search, not to mention YouTube search. So I don't know that longer YouTube videos rank higher than short form. I don't think that's the case. That's definitely not the case in my recent experience with YouTube. Um, there's a lot of you are finding value in short form content, which is why it's literally everywhere these days. TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook is everywhere. So short videos are making their place in today's society. So don't be afraid to create them if that's what you feel is best for your audience. Myth number two, people only click on thumbnails that have text. I don't know where this myth came from, but if you've listened to me for any amount of time since I've started working at vidIQ, you probably will have heard me say that less text is better for your thumbnail. Sometimes your thumbnail, the picture, tells all the story that you need to without text. So this whole myth that people only click on thumbnails that have text, I don't know where it came from, but it is factually incorrect. Some of you all put way too much text in your thumbnails and it just makes it convoluted and really hard to understand what is going on. And even worse, when I'm a viewer and I'm glancing through YouTube, I'm probably skipping over a thumbnail that has too much text anyway because there are so many other videos I could be watching out there that have much better thumbnails than no with a bunch of text in them. So simple is better. And sometimes with thumbnails, less is more now that doesn't mean that you can't put text on your thumbnails at all but you know my rules about text three words or less for text in the thumbnail it should be big it should be bold and it should complement whatever your title is so you know in the blog we talk about using words like apply accept review different things like that. If you want to really hit home with your viewer that this is going to occur if they watch your video. 
So complimentary tech, absolutely. But overdoing it, don't do that. Number three, YouTube tag will help your video rank higher. Ooh, um, no, <laughs> sorry, not at all. That might have been the case in the past with YouTube, but YouTube themselves have come out and said that tags are not as important as they used to be. The most important thing these days is creating compelling content for your viewers to watch. So focusing more on your title, your thumbnail, and the actual content will help your videos rank higher than any tag would. Not to say that tags are completely useless because they're not. A lot of times we use tags to maybe place words in there that a viewer could potentially misspell. And if they misspell that word on their search journey, then your video will come up potentially. So tag can add a little bit of clarity as far as misspellings and different things like that, but they will not help your video rank higher. So be aware of that and do that information, which will even on YouTube support, uh, support page. It says tag can be useful. If the content of your video is commonly misspelled, like I just alluded to, otherwise tag play a minimal role in your video discovery. And that is directly from YouTube themselves. Number four, Using AI will ruin your channel. Now, you know, AI is the wave these days. You can see AI everywhere. You got ChatGPT. You got MidJourney. We got VidIQ with our own AI tool. But then you go out here, you got these faceless channels where a lot of them are AI-driven and different things like that. AI won't ruin your channel. You just have to know how to use it in such a way that it could benefit you and your audience. YouTube themselves are putting AI tools out there to help creators. Uh, when I was at the YouTube event last year, I think it was last year, they announced an app called Dream Screen where it will create AI background for your YouTube short, which is kind of cool. So no, AI will not ruin your channel, but if you abuse it and use it incorrectly, then maybe, but just AI in general, if you correctly, it will help you and aid you as a content creator. It will not ruin your channel. So don't be afraid of AI. Use AI to help you do things that you would take you normally longer to do, like maybe coming up with alternative titles or maybe writing a script or something like that. AI can help you do some of that stuff. Hell, it can even help you come up with thumbnail ideas if you put it into things like uh, Dolly, I believe it's called, and Midjourney, stuff like that. So no. AI will not ruin your channel. Just use it correctly and you will be good to go. Number five, YouTube has shadow banned your channel. I see a lot of creators out there thinking that YouTube shadow banned their channel, this, that, and the other. Now, there is a thing on YouTube called restricted mode. And if your video get caught in restricted mode, that's a problem because that is cutting off your content from some of the platform. Most, a lot of, well, not a lot, but a uh, that cut, uh, cutting off your content from a lot of the platform, and that's just not a good look. But the question then becomes, how does your content land in restricted mode? Usually, it has stuff to do with actual content in your video. Maybe there's some language, some explicit things. If you're talking about sex, drugs, or something like that, that stuff is going to be restricted. But a lot of creators feel like YouTube shadow banned their channels, and that's just not the case. It's just that your content is not as good as you think it is. And, you know, people are not watching it. 
So in the blog, uh, we have Dan explaining that shadow banning doesn't mean that you're simply recommended less or shown less on YouTube. It means that your videos aren't seen by a single person on YouTube. It will no longer recommend them, and it will be a thing that the platform actively does to your videos. Yeah. Nobody's getting shadow banned, okay? I'll take that back. Very few people are getting shadow banned. But again, restricted mode is a thing. And if you want to check for restricted mode, at least on desktop, what you do is you click on your avatar, your profile picture, excuse me, and then you scroll down and you should see something that's called restricted mode. If you turn it on and go back and look at your channel page, make sure all your videos that you've uploaded in the past month or two are there. And you probably want to compare this against uh, looking at your channel when restricted mode is turned on versus off. So you might want to open up another browser window and then have one browser window with restricted mode on, the other browser window with restricted mode off, and then make sure that all your videos are there when you are looking at the browser window that has restricted mode turned on. This is an issue that I went with, went through three years ago, and it really kind of jacked up your channel growth if your content is getting restricted. There is a way to appeal it. You got to fill out a form. It's, it's, it's all types of craziness, but you can't appeal videos that land in restricted mode and get those videos um, back on a good footing. But it is not good when your videos land in restricted mode. So that's something that you should check. But most of y'all probably will not ever have that problem. So uh, do with that information what you will. Number six, you need expensive equipment to make viral videos. I don't know how many times we have to tell y'all, but... It's not the equipment that the viewers come for. They come for you. And more importantly, they come for your content. They come for the value that they feel like you're going to provide to them. So you could be using your iPhone camera or a Sony a 74 It doesn't matter. If your content can provide value to a viewer, that is all they care about. As long as they can see you and hear you clearly, you are good to go. The expensive equipment is just a bonus. But ultimately, the viewer wants the value that your content will provide much more than they care about the equipment that you use to make that content. So if you are afraid that you don't have the best gear and you feel like you got that analysis paralysis that's holding you back because you feel like you need the best gear, no! No, no, no. It's not the gear. It's only you. You need to break that mental hurdle and get in the game. When I first started doing YouTube six years ago, all I had was an iPad Pro. And I did everything on that iPad Pro. I used it as my camera. I used it as my microphone. I used it to upload to the channel. Everything was done on an iPad Pro. And I went that way for practically seven months before I was gifted a camera. But you don't need expensive equipment to make viral content, <laughs> okay? Uh, Mr. Beast didn't even... Uh, I think Mr. Beast got to 100,000 subscribers with an iPhone, okay? So, listen. If your content is valuable or entertaining or whatever the case may be, it will have a share of viewers. Go out there and get to creating. Number seven. You must use clickbait to get views. <laughs> All right. First off, we need to get a good understanding and a good handle on what clickbait means. Now, when a lot of people think about clickbait, they think it means that you show a woman in a bikini on the thumbnail 
But then when the viewer clicks on the video, it's a video about you cooking. Okay. That is literal clickbait. That is not a good look. Okay. And you definitely don't want to do that. And then there's the other clickbaiting, you know, happen of something maybe provocative or something uh um kind of sensational as your thumbnail, but the video delivers on the click. That's that clickbait E, but it's not clickbait. But either way, you don't need to use clickbait to get views. Just present your value up front and center. If you present your if you present your value up front and center and the title and the thumbnail, it will get clicked on. You can use the quote unquote good clickbait, the, the provocative uh um potentially clickbaity stuff. I shouldn't say clickbait, clickbaity, because then clickbait and then being clickbaity. But you don't have to do that stuff to get views. Just provide value and the views will come. But don't mistake clickbait for being clickbaity. Okay. Because you still want to provide a uh something that is going to intrigue a viewer enough to click. And some people might consider what you're doing clickbaity, but it's technically not clickbait if you are delivering on the click. So just be aware of the way that you're using the word. But again, regardless of the situation, the value that you provide is much more important than any clickbait or clickbaitiness that you can use on a video. Number eight, posting YouTube short can hurt your channel. Oh my goodness. How many times have we had the conversation? So here is the thing with YouTube shorts, right? And even the YouTube liaison, Renee Richie, had come out and said this himself. If you're thinking about posting YouTube shorts on your channel, there's just something that you need to think, uh, there's something that you need to think about if you are going to do that. If you are going to post YouTube shorts and those shorts are going to be targeted to the same audience that your long form content is targeted to, then you can go ahead and post those YouTube shorts on the same channel that you are posting your long form video. But if your YouTube shorts are targeting a different audience from the audience that your long form content normally targets, then you might not want to put those shorts on your channel. You might want to create a separate channel for those YouTube shorts. Now, just by their inherent nature, the people that watch YouTube shorts are different from those that watch YouTube long form video. However, if the content is relevant, if the content has a common denominator, whether it's short form or long form, ultimately you are trying to reach the a similar audience and it's okay to have both of those types of content on the same channel as Renee Ritchie has said in the past. But as I just highlighted, if you are trying to try something new with your short that you normally don't try and it could potentially be attracting a different audience, then you might want to pause and necessarily don't do that because then you're going to fracture your audience and the people that show up for your short form are not going to watch your long form and vice versa and it gets messy. So as long as you are targeting the same audience, you can have both long form and short form on the same channel and they can live happily ever after. <laughs> Number nine, all YouTube revenue come from video views. That is so false. I wow, I don't know where that myth came from, but that is definitely a false myth. So there are several ways to get revenue outside of YouTube AdSense, because that's essentially what we're talking about. If you're talking about revenue coming from video views, you're talking about revenue coming from YouTube AdSense. But there are a ton of other ways to make money that are outside of YouTube AdSense. YouTube, the platform alone, 
offer channel membership where people can sign up to be a member of your channel where you give them additional perks and they pay to be a member of your channel. That is not asking. That is them paying to be a member of your YouTube channel. You also get money from YouTube Premium. So, so, if, people, so if people are watching your channel and they are signed up to YouTube Premium, you get a little cut of that. You can sell merchandise. Uh, super chats and super stickers are also outside of the video views. Uh, super thanks are there as well. You got brand deals and sponsorship, right? You can work with a brand and their brand will pay you to make a video about the product or service that they're trying to market at that particular time. Or you can even do affiliate marketing where you could talk about a product or service and get a commission of the sale that you generate for that product or service. So these are just different ways that you can make revenue that have nothing to do with how many views your video gets. So do not believe that you have to build your entire uh, revenue foundation off of video views. Matter of fact, I would almost suggest that. Actually, I would almost. I would highly suggest that you don't do that. I would highly suggest that you diversify your income sources. I would suggest that you have multiple ways that you are making money via your YouTube channel. Because the channel is the vehicle, but the vehicle can produce multiple revenue streams if you are doing it correctly. And if you want to become a full-time content creator, this is the way to do it. You do not want to be a full-time content creator only relying on YouTube AdSense because that is a bad way to be. And YouTube AdSense is a roller coaster. It's up and down. It's up and down. And you don't really have control over that. But these other things you have control over. The brand deal, sponsorship, the affiliate marketing stuff. At least you have a little bit more control over that stuff. So basically what I'm trying to tell you is that when you are considering becoming a full-time YouTuber, make sure you are generating some revenue streams that you have control over and you're not relying fully on or you're not fully at the mercy of YouTube accent. Number 10. Subscriber count has a significant impact on revenue. <laughs> what? Huh? What? Huh? Where did this myth come from? Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> um, um, I am here to let you know that subscriber count has almost little to no impact on your root on your YouTube revenue. And do you know why? We just did the, we just did a video about this not too long ago, but a lot of your subscribers are not even watching your content. Actually, no, let me take it back. The views that you get, the amount of views that you get, most of them are going to come from people that are not subscribed to your YouTube channel. YouTube doesn't even notify all your subscribers when you make a new video. A percentage of them get notified, yes. But I would argue that most of your subscribers are not even notified when you make a new video. So if we take that data, that data alone tells you that subscriber count doesn't really have a significant impact on your revenue because... Most of the people that are watching your video are not subscribed to your channel. So when you're thinking about making content and you're thinking about who to target with your next video, don't feel like you have to target your subscriber because the view, the majority of them are not going to come from people that subscribe to your channel. And if you don't believe me, all you got to do is go right now into your YouTube analytics and then look at the last 28 days and see the percentage of people who are subscribed versus not subscribed that have watched your content. I can guarantee you the percentage for people that are not subscribed will be higher 
than the people that are subscribed who have watched your content over the past 28 days. So again, subscriber account, <laughs> not a big impact on your revenue. Making quality content, providing value, and bringing in new eyes to your content will have much more impact to your revenue than your subscriber account. Number 11, small channel can't make money on YouTube. <laughs> what? Huh? What? All right. So here is something interesting, right? And I did something, you know, and during the month of January, I did a fundraiser on my channel because I was trying to raise funds to buy the Apple Vision Pro. The Apple Vision Pro, you all, is a $3,500 device, $3,500. So what I did on my small channel, which has, I think, uh, a little less than 2,000 subscribers, right? I live-streamed every day during the month of January to try to raise donations to get the Apple Vision Pro. Now, I'm not going to go into the whole brouhaha about whether or not you you agree with the uh, raising the donations. Uh, I would only direct you to Twitch streamers and how they make their money and living, but nothing to hear or there. But when I tell you that over my month of live streaming, that I was able to raise from my community almost $2,000 toward the, the goal or whatever, that is $2,000 that had nothing to do with my view count or YouTube assets or anything like that. And again, that's $2,000 that I raised as a small channel. So small channel can't make money on YouTube. Uh, no, that's not correct. Um, you are the only thing that's stopping you as it relates to how much money you make because they go back to the other myth that we just busted earlier, right? There are more ways to make money on YouTube than relying on YouTube AdSense and view count. I raise money for, to be in my community. But Again, you have other avenues of making money like affiliate marketing and sponsorship and brand deals, channel membership, super chats, and different things like that. So small channels can absolutely make money on YouTube. It might be a little bit harder because well, I, I won't say it's harder, but you'll have to do different things as a smaller creator to make money because again, you're not talking about YouTube adsense. Hell, chances are if you're a small channel, you're not even monetized. Uh, to make AdSense, but you can definitely still make money. There's Patreon out there for small channels. Um, there's Buy Me a Coffee, different sites that you can raise money to, to you know, for your community to support you like they did me in my journey to get the Apple Vision Pro. So small channel can absolutely make money on YouTube. Um, and again, a lot of times, they're not even monetized, but they're still making money off of their YouTube channels, even not being monetized by YouTube themselves. So uh, go out there and make your dreams happen if you want to do that. Number 12. To get on the YouTube trending list, you must post at a specific time. Um, when it comes to uh, posting at a specific time, no. The thing about posting at a specific time on YouTube is that YouTube gives you a global audience. So it could be a different time no, for somebody, no matter when you post. I can post at 7 a.m. my time, but 7 a.m. my time is going to be 7 p.m. somebody else's time. It could be 1 p.m. somebody else's time. It could be, what, it could be, what, 10 p.m. somebody else's time. I don't know. But we are all on different time zones. So there is no such thing as posting at a specific time because no matter what time you post, it's going to be a different time for somebody else across the world or in a different part of the world, whatever the case may be. 
So getting on a trending list according to the time that you posted, not really a thing. It's, it's kind of it's fake. I don't know where the myth came from. It's fake, man. It's just, it just it it doesn't exist. Um, basically, YouTube they do give you a bar graph in your analytics about best time to post, but even that stuff, I wouldn't really take it too much to heart because again, there are so many different time zones of people that are watching your content. I mean, just going to your YouTube analytics and see where people are watching your content from, you will quickly under, you will quickly understand if you are watching your content from all over the world, which means they're watching from all different time zones. So once you understand that, just post when you can. Like at the time, the time that you post is not irrelevant as you posting on a consistent basis. You do that, you will win every time. So those are just some myths that hopefully you have a better understanding of and Dean and so those are just some of the myths that hopefully you have a better understanding of and hopefully we're able to help you bust some of those myths. Go out there, get creating, build your YouTube channel. Ultimately, if you want to grow on YouTube and I say this all the time and I'm going to tell you again, you need to target your audience and serve them. Give them what they want. Give them what they need. Give them what they can't get anywhere else. If you can give them what they want, give them what they need. Give them something that they cannot get anywhere else. I promise you, you will grow on YouTube. Thank you guys for listening this week. You know your boy Viper will be back next week with another episode of Tube Talk presented by Vid IQ.